There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I'm Tennessean sports columnist Gentry Estes, joined by Titans beat writer Ben Arthur. Say hello, Ben. What's going on, guys? We are going to get look back over uh, this weekend's win over the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in Jacksonville. We'll talk about that. We'll look ahead to a big Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk about some other news that's going on with the Titans this week. Just a, a lot of good stuff on the show today here, Ben. Yep. And, um, I, I, you know, we, we have the Titans win over the Jags to talk about their big Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills, a Bills team that's looking like one of the two, three best teams in the NFL right now. But I think, Gentry, we should start with this news surrounding uh, Ty Sembrello, um, you know, key reserve offensive lineman for the Titans who surprisingly announced, uh, well, the, the Titans announced that he was being placed on the reserve uh, retired list, um, you know, straight, you know, kind of out of the blue. And, and there was a story from our buddy, Buck rising with A to Z, um, you know, kind of detailing uh, that Sembrello basically had had issues with, you know, sounds like his role and uh, the the uh, offensive line coach Keith Carter. Uh, and we we asked Vrabel um, about. We're recording this on Wednesday. We asked Vrabel about Sembrello um, as well, and he basically said, "We'll talk to Ty." So it sounds like there's, you know, kind of something going on there. Not quite sure ex exactly what, but Gentry, what, what's kind of your take on um, this whole situation uh, surrounding Sembrello? Okay, a lot, lot to this, a lot to unpack with all this. And you, you hit on a, a few of those things. Um, first off, I, you know, just, just hearing what uh, Brable had to say today, I don't think he's very happy with Ty Sembrello. I think, uh, I don't think this was, a uh, one of those we wish you luck kind of kind of departures, um, and, and I don't think you would have ever expected it. I mean, Ben, this is one of those things that comes out on on a Tuesday afternoon, and there are a lot of potential developments that I don't think would shock a lot of us who cover the team. I had no th this one shocked me. Ty Sambrello is twenty nine years old, and I know he's been dealing with some medical things. Twenty nine. And so I think the obvious question there is, well, well, what the heck happened? I mean, you know, he's not, th this is a guy who he's not starting for the Titans, but he's clearly been an important part of their team now uh, for two years. And you saw in Seattle how, how important he can be stepping in on a moment's notice at an important spot. And, and he, he did that last year too, uh, before he suffered a season ending injury after, uh, after Taylor LeJuan did, but Okay, so that's the obvious question, and you mentioned uh, our our colleague Buck Rising's story, and he didn't look. Th this didn't say that he spoke to Ty Sambrello. It didn't quote him. It didn't say Sambrello said anything, but it does, as you say, kind of get into the reasons why Sambrello decided to do this, and it gets into his head a little bit in terms of you know being unhappy with certain things. Um, I think that the line I'll go to here, and this is again from Buck's story with A to Z Sports. Um, uh, while Sambrillo was trying to get himself right, meaning health-wise, he grew tired of being on call constantly before he felt he was ready to play. 
the sense that he kept having to bail Lawan out, Taylor Lawan out, wore on the veteran backup as well. Okay, again, lot of lots to unpack there. Yeah, because and and I'm not the first to kind of make this point, but I agree with this point. You're the backup, so it's kind of your job to bail out the starter, right? I mean, that's that's every position. You know, you could say, you know, is Logan Woodside tired of if he had to bail out Ryan Tanner? You know, I mean, like that. That's the job. So I don't think that really holds up unless, you know, he's he's upset with like you say Keith Carter or he, you know he didn't like Lawan or there's some sort of issue in that room, which maybe there is. But my question to that then becomes: Ty Sambrello could have signed anywhere this last offseason. He was a free agent and he signed. He he agreed to come back to the Titans in March. So. If he was unhappy, and it certainly sounds like he was, a guy re- retiring, you know, quote marks at at twenty nine. Why did he come back to play in Nashville in March? That's my question. If if he had a problem with the coach, if he had a problem with the players, if he had a problem with his role, he could have gone somewhere else, and he didn't do it. Yeah, a lot of gentry, a lot of unanswered questions in this situation, and 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 to your point about this not really seeming like it, uh, a happy parting. I mean, uh, if you remember. In the offseason, Kevin Johnson, that one of those veteran cornerbacks they had signed, had retired. Um, I think it was maybe during the training camp or the summer months. And Rabel had been a lot more receptive to kind of questions about that, if I can recall. The the way he kind of retorted back when asked about Sembrello, that there's definitely something there. A lot of unanswered questions, um, things that I'm not quite sure. that you know what what exactly is going on um but if there is yeah that there has to be if it is something about his role that that's interesting right because he he had to have come back to Tennessee knowing uh that he was going to sort of be in a in a role that that he was last year kind of being that number one key you know that number one reserve kind of being called at at any points you know notice and and fill in on at guard or tackle on either side of the line, you know, something I think about maybe is the right tackle position, uh, something that this could potentially be related to, because if you remember, you know, that was the one spot on the offensive line that was sort of up for grabs. And, uh, like a week or two before the season, Vrabel had said the competition is between Kessenberry, uh, Sambrello and, and Lamb. And, um, you know, early in the season, Kessenberry did kind of have his struggles. And, you know, Sambrello, when he did have to step in, uh, whether it's for, you know, Lawan at left tackle or, or Saffold when he was unable to finish games or whatever, uh, Sambrello did look good. And maybe there's something there and not getting his opportunity to start at right tackle. I don't know. I, I don't have sourcing at this moment to confirm or deny uh Buck story, but it, the timing of this is, is quite <laughs> interesting. I mean, right, this is a team that has a deep playoff run aspirations. It's week entering week six of the season. You're the number one backup um, offensive lineman, and 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 with him leaving, right? I mean, it puts an offensive line group that already had tons of issues between injuries and. Second round pick Dylan Raiden's not really being ready. It, it puts the Titans in a really tough position. And and the way coach Mike Rabel responded when asked about Sambrello, I think that really kind of reflected that situation, that predicament. 
um, that the Titans are now in. So you you think there's a, a chance that this is a guy who felt like he need, he should he could be he should be the left tackle? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe or 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 the right tackle. I, I don't know. May, you know, but but you know, looking back at this off season, right? I mean, from the outside looking in, it, it looked like he was in for you know potentially the same role as last year, kind of being that number one reserve filling in at a moment's notice. Um, and then Lewan obviously had his issues uh, to, to start this year. Maybe Zambrello expected more time at left tackle or maybe with kind of the uncertainty at right tackle, maybe he expected to see his opportunity there. Um, again, I don't know. But the timing of this is very strange. There is definitely more to this story. Yeah, and I think, again, knowing that he re-signed with the Titans in March, it, it, it makes you think something had changed over the last few weeks. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, Maybe the right tackle spot, maybe, but um, I feel like I, I think that the part of this I go back to is if he's not healthy and he feels like the Titans are, are kind of pushing him to to play when if he if he doesn't feel healthy, I would understand a player not not liking that. But the to get pushed to retirement, right? Maybe why not ask for a trade or to go to a situ a different situation, right? There's that element too. Yeah, and I mean, so so if he's 29 years old, so if he decides he wants to play again, the Titans are going to have to trade his rights. Like, he can't just retire from the Titans and then go play for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? I mean, like, exactly. he would have to. Yeah, so it, it's a very strange thing. It's, it's one of those things that you, you saw it, you know, in the transactions, and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? And and that one, there there, there does seem to be more to that, and it makes you wonder... It makes you wonder about the 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 current temperature of things in that in the O line meeting room, Absolutely. Uh, because, because they they have not had a good season to this point. They they have underachieved, uh, and I think some of that is I think a lot of that is health related. I think the, the a lot of the the key guys have been dealing with things going back to the preseason. I, th I think when you see, you know, a guy like Ben Jones who seems Ben Jones and Roger Saffold basically are. are you know, it's an upset if they finish the game. I mean, they really are fighting through stuff, both of them. And I think you're hearing a lot of people being critical of Nate Davis for not not playing that well. Well, Nate Davis was hurt all preseason too. Yeah. So and you he's got on the COVID list too before the season. Yeah. So he's probably dealing with something. You know, we 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 know Lawan's story pretty well by this point. Um, and and I think Lawan is also a guy who look he's he's. He is very much a strong personality, uh, probably the single strongest personality on that team, and it, that's nothing new. Uh, that's been the the case with him now for years. And I think it's one thing when things are going well, um, but in the O line room, they're I don't think they are going well right now. Uh, but you know, this could be as simple as as Ty Sambrella just said, "I'm tired of playing football." I mean, that it could it could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not the first time you've seen that. So, um, but I think in terms of the Titans specifically, if he had all these issues, why'd he come back? I don't know. That's, that's kind of my question to some of the reporting we've seen, Absolutely. but, uh, but kind of, kind of moving on, we're, we're recording this on uh Wednesday and Ben, you were out at practice today and saw at least one player that we hadn't seen practicing returned. Yeah. Very big news. Uh, Julio Jones was participating in practice, at, at least in the individual drills that were open to the media. He hadn't practiced since suffering uh, that 
hamstring injury uh, against the Colts. So obviously a, a big deal. Um, you know, if they can get him back for for this Buffalo game and and with Huli, with AJ, excuse me, having uh, a game kind of back under his belt, if they can get both of those guys, that that would be really huge for an offense that's kind of been inconsistent and had, had issues across the board uh, to, to start uh, the season. Uh, so having Julio Jones uh, was a really big deal um, at practice uh, Wednesday. Um, Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffel, though, kind of going back to those offensive line concerns, they were not practicing in the portion um, open to the media. So uh, don't know about their status. Uh, for this Monday game, that the good thing is that it is a Monday game, right? You do have an extra day of rest to to get guys right, but um, so th there is some uncertainty with, with this offense heading into um, you know really critical uh, Week Six game uh, against the Bills. But uh, Gentry, one thing I, I did want to ask you about, like, does the quality of this game? Uh, the, their win against the Jaguars, how how they accomplished that? Did that concern you? Uh, does that concern you with their their readiness to face a team with the Bills the way they won um, last Sunday? Hmm. Well, I I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm I'd be concerned about facing the Bills uh, at any point when you watch what they were able to do to Kansas City. It's pretty impressive, and I think this is an intriguing game for a lot of reasons because there's a bit of there's a there's a real history with this series i i know that you know the, if people were to ask the titans who's your biggest rival i think most people would say the the ravens or the colts but if you really look at the history of this going back to the music city miracle and then you know even recently the bills came to they keep having to come to nashville every season for some reason because uh, they, they they came to nashville two years ago and this was one of the last games that, that Mariota was starting. And uh, I think I think that this was the game that Cairo Santos missed about, about a dozen field goals. And the Titans lost one. They, they kind of let one get away. And, you know, some of the Bills players had some stuff to say after that. So when the Bills came back last season, that was during the whole Titans COVID thing. And they had to push the game back to a Tuesday night. And I don't think the Bills players really liked that very much. Titans players hadn't really been practicing and so we kind of walked into that. The Bills were good then too. So we kind of went into that game saying, "Hey, look, the the Bills are you know, the Titans hadn't even been practicing. There's no way they're going to go win this game." And the Titans, it was their best game of the year, and they absolutely just clobbered them. And the 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 game was basically personified by Derrick Henry doing that to Josh Norman. I mean, the entire that was the game. We, when you watch Derrick Henry stiff arm Josh Norman, that's exactly what that's the Titans did to the Bills. Yeah, yeah, th that's exactly what the what the Titans did to the Bills for for a full night. And it was a Tuesday night. This will be a Monday night. Anyway, I, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. The bills are obviously very good. They, they deserve their ranking near the top of the league right now. When you look, they're a pretty complete team. Their defense has been phenomenal. And in addition to Josh Allen and everything the offense can do, but you know, from the Titan standpoint, uh, coming off the game in Jacksonville, it, my big takeaway from that was uh, <coughs> that I think they got AJ. You mentioned Julio being back at practice, and they got AJ Brown back out there in that game. I think that was probably the biggest difference to me was getting him, in addition to Marcus Johnson, out there on the field against the Jaguars. Because what I think happened 
if the if and I made this point earlier to somebody earlier today, if if the NFL didn't have the whole injury reports, if it was like college where you didn't know who was playing and who wasn't, if they didn't have to own up to it every week, I think the Titans would have beaten the Jets. And the reason I say that is because the Jets benefited an enormous amount by knowing ahead of time that AJ and Julio were not going to be playing in that game. They built their entire defensive game plan around the fact that those two were not going to be on the field and they knew it on like Friday. So they're lining nine, 10, 11 guys up across the line of scrimmage and bringing all these exotic calls and blitzes. And it's because you can press everybody on the line, play man nonstop on third down and know that none of those guys are going to beat you. Facts. Yeah. Where, whereas I think you go to Jacksonville, Jaguars didn't do that. They had to play AJ Brown and to a lesser extent, Marcus Johnson, but he matters too. He, he, I think is clearly their third best receiver. I've haven't watched in preseason. I think he still is clearly their third best receiver. And so that's a totally different game and a totally different approach by the Jacks. <laughs> And so AJ catches three balls, but he makes a real impact on that game. Now, if you put Julio out there too, in addition to AJ, the defensive approach for the Titans is going to be completely different from any that we've seen, except maybe Seattle. I think Arizona was gonna was just gonna bring the house anyway, because they felt like they could and they did. Uh Seattle, I think, had a hard time dealing with the two of them. And I think that's the one game that we've really seen what this offense was supposed to look like yeah. with AJ, Julio, Derek, Tannehill, everything working together. We haven't really been able to see it. So if the Titans are able to get that together on Monday night at home against a team that, let's be honest, they beat up on last year, beat up on. They beat the Bills bad. It was one of those results that at the end of the year, you're kind of looking back like, man, how did that happen? Because it was really out of character for Buffalo and and to a certain extent, Tennessee. I mean, you know, a lot of the Titans wins were come from behind skinnier, you know, that just, just barely pulled it out kind of victories. And th- this, th- this was not, they killed the bills. And so, you know, I, I, I won't think they, I, I can't go into this game thinking they have no chance because I saw what happened last year when I thought the Titans had no chance. Yeah. Who, who, if Julio Jones does play and, and AJ does kind of get closer to form, I mean, that, that totally, changes the the complexion of what the the, the titans could see uh for, from this bill's defense and you go into this game and and you need your your all your weapons right i mean they're gonna have to just that this is gonna have to come down to their offense right i i don't think we've seen enough from the from this defense and some of those big lapses we saw against jacksonville was the 58-yard run by James Robinson or, or the 58-yard the catch from uh, LaVisca Chenault and uh, and other lapses, kind of back-breaking lapses by the Titans early um, in, in the season, whether it was kind of that Seahawks game, three plays of more than 50 yards, including two 60-yard touchdowns um, against the spacing out um, – what was the other game? It was, oh yeah, the Jets, sorry, in, in week four, um, holding the, the Jets, uh, what, what was a, you know, a bad Jets offense to 10 points through three quarters. And then all of a sudden, uh, Zach Wilson gets free um, a little bit um, in the fourth quarter and is able to extend plays and uh, throw some bombs down the field. Um, if they're, if the, this Titans defense is giving up those kinds of big plays to, to a bad Jaguars um, offense, then what is this Bills offense going to do to them? And and when you look at the, the injury p- report, like 
Christian Fulton, who's really been the Titans' best, maybe probably their best cornerback to start the season, he he was not practicing in the portion of Wednesday's uh, of today's practice uh, open to the media, and so you kind of have uh, questions about the the secondary's um, health on top of those lapses they've given up. So this is really going to come down. So this could very well be a shootout, right? Like in the 40s. Like I think that's that might be what what it's going to take for for this Titans offense to win. But then, you know, this Bills defense is just so stout, and they get turnovers. I think that's the biggest thing. They uh, give their offense a short field. So, um, it, it, Julio playing would be obviously for obvious reasons a very big deal. Um, you know, Derek can't do it by himself. Yeah, I think the defense is fair concern though, and, and Fulton Fulton's injury that is that is a a potential problem. That that's a guy who, if you were to sit here and say who has been certainly the most improved defensive player, if not the best defensive player through this point of the season, you might make a case for Christian Fulton. Really, outside um, of Harold Landry, yeah, yeah, Landry. I'm, I'll I'll give you yeah, Landry's yeah. been really productive, and I, I think. Um, and I'll give Landry most improved too. Really, he, he's 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 played very well this year. But I think the two of them, yeah, Fulton was a guy, and really Landry was a guy too at, a, at, a, at an obvious need, especially with Bud Dupree not playing. But uh, Fulton, that was one that you looked at and said, you know, gosh, who's the one guy we we just really really need to step up for this defense? It it would have been I think Christian Fulton, a guy who was taken in the second round last year, didn't really do much. You know, you're starting to think, well, is he is he another draft bust? And 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 he's not. You know, clearly he's played really well this year. And I think you know, good point on Landry though too. Landry's been really really productive. And I think the two of the, uh, I I you know over I've said this for several shows now, but I I think the Titans defense is better. I do. I it, they've been better this year than they were last year. Last year, it it just felt like they were on their heels constantly, and the other team just was able to continually do whatever they wanted. And the Titans just, you know, they, they tried the whole bend don't break thing and they broke way too much. And, you know, it was just, they never were able to impose their will. This is, this is the kind of team that gives up way too many things on third down. You know, they lay back in coverage. They give a big, you know, all this room to the receivers and they kind of do whatever they want. That was just kind of how they were on defense. They've been more aggressive and they've been a lot better on third down. And, and I think that that's, it's a combination that can win games if their offense is close to what it was a year ago. And I think other than Derek, who's been even better, believe it or not. Uh, but I think everything else about it has not been to the level of their offense last season, at least not yet, certainly in the passing game. And I, I think, I think that's a couple of things. I, I think it's the receivers being banged up, but I think it's also, they're a lot weaker at tight end. Uh, they need they've needed Anthony Ferkser to get healthy, but they really still don't have a starting tight end that can be a factor in the passing game like Johnu Smith was, and they they miss him. They really do miss Johnu. And and the thing is, I don't know if New England's been real thrilled with him so far. So maybe I they was, can... yep, Gentry. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> like if there was a way for the Titans to just get him back, despite the contract New England gave him, they would take him back in a heartbeat because he is not being utilized in new England. And, and there, there's obviously been a lot of reports of him not kind of living up to expectations there. Well, the, you know, the Titans could use him because they don't have that versatile type of tight end who could do whatever in the passing game and, and really just be a 
you know, great, great blocker in, in the run game as well. So let me uh, let me throw a name at you here. I, I'll give you my thoughts on this. Everybody keeps wanting to talk about Zach Ertz being on the trading block. And we've heard that since before the season. I don't personally love that move for the Titans and I'll kind of get into it. But what are your, what are your, maybe if, even if not Zach Ertz, your thoughts on trading for a tight end before, before the deadline to try to help. Cause that to me, that's, that's a box they never checked even going back to the off season. Yeah, I, hmm. I I would not be opposed to to a move like that. I I, I don't know the the Titans uh, draft uh, capital uh, situation. It all kind of depends on cost um, as well, right? But I think as and and you've said this numerous times, like what the Titan does in 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 what the Titans have been doing these past few years is so critical and doesn't maybe always get the flowers it deserves in terms of impacting the pass game and, and what Derek has been able to do in the run, run game, the fact that the Titans didn't really address, well, they didn't address the spot in the off season. Um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it, if it's a Zach Ertz. Um, I mean, maybe it could, because I, I know uh, uh, what's his name. Uh, Goddard um, is kind of the, the main guy in Philly right now. So maybe they take advantage that um but i also know philly and, and zach ertz have sort of um at, at least i know i think earlier in the season they had talked about kind of moving on from from the issues uh there, there was he was you know he was around uh there there was trade talk around ertz uh like in the off season if you remember but then i remember uh zach coming out and saying oh i want to retire as an eagle and it seemed like that they had really much moved on from whatever issues they had. So I don't know if it's a guy um, like Zach Ertz, but I would not, I would not rule out uh, making a move for a tight end um, because I, I think it, it is very key for what the, the, t- this Titans offense has been known to do and just how valuable they are in their, in, in this Tennessee system. I'll say this about Zach Ertz. I think he's an extremely talented pass catching tight end and has been for a number of years don't think he's got a lot of respect for as a blocker in that league and i don't think you're going to go play tight end for the titans unless you're going to be willing to block a lot for number 22 so uh, maybe not Ertz, but i I, i've liked all along the idea of trying to you know look the, the titans did more of this financial maneuvering than we thought in terms of restructuring these contracts because they've ended up with more cap space than I think we thought they were going to have back when they traded for Julio. Uh, so that there's there. And, you know, John Robinson's always kind of explained that in generalities to me is like, it's like buying a home. You know, you always, you, you need money in your savings account in case the you need a new roof. You know I mean? Like that's, yeah. but, but you look at this team and I, I've always believed that, the more the better you are at tight end, the less you need your running backs to contribute in the passing game. But if you see a team that the running backs are contributing a lot in the passing game, they're probably that's a team that's probably weak at tight end. And you've seen I, Derek getting more more involved in the passing game than he ever has. Well, and I think Jeremy McNichols' team leader in receptions right now. Yeah, I mean, that that too. He's I mean, good. seriously, could you have ever imagined going back? I mean, that's I wasn't even sure Jeremy McNichols was going to make the team. Yeah, I mean, remember you know going back Brian Hill. I had him getting cut because if you remember <laughs> he was on the goat COVID list a lot, and 
he just wasn't getting as many reps as you know, a Mackay Sargent and guys like that. I, I I did not have him on my 53 actually. So he's he's been huge for them, especially with those screen passes and whatnot. Because for whatever reason, those have been gold uh, for the Titans when a lot of other calls haven't worked for whatever reason. Um, so I guess Gentry to, to finish. I guess you know any prediction uh, for this Monday night game. Oh. Uh... I think the Titans are going to win. I don't, I don't, I, I, I know the bills are good, but I've seen the Titans in games like this before. And I swear it, it's, we've talked about this kind of thing and I've written about it endlessly, but I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm probably more confident in the Titans in a game like this Monday night, the whole league watching against a good opponent than I was in Jacksonville on a, a noon game in front of a half empty stadium and nobody cares. And the, the jets the week before now, this is when the Titans show up, you know, this is when the Titans play well. And if I was the bills, I would, I would be pretty wary of a letdown, uh, having did, done what they did in K- to Kansas city. That's, uh, you know, I, again, if I'm the bills, I would be wary of a bit of a letdown. And I think the Titans, given what happened last year, they're not going to be scared of Buffalo and Josh Allen. They're just not, um, I think they we'll see what happens when Patrick Mahomes comes into Nissan. But I think when the <laughs> but but I just don't think they're gonna be scared of the Bills and, and I think they're gonna play well and win. Yeah, I think to to your point, the Titans have had a, a tendency to sort of play to their opponents, right? I, I think they have and, and you've mentioned this in in the in the past, you know, as a guy who's covered the, the Titans longer than me, that they kind of seem to win the games that you don't expect them to win. Like, I think going into that Seattle game in week two, I, I don't know anyone who expected uh, the the Titans to, to to win that game playing in Seattle against a talented offense and, and the Seahawks playing in front of their home fans for the first time in almost two years. And, and, the, and the Titans went out there and, and won in overtime. I think this definitely feels like it could be set up uh, for, for a game like that. But um but I guess for me, I'm just probably maybe looking at it more from a <laughs> pessimist uh, perspective or from a more numbers perspective. I, I just don't know. You know, this offense clearly hasn't been as good. The defense isn't quite there. And the Bills are much better than they were last year. And they were pretty dang good, you know, in 2020, despite that loss to the Titans. So um, I don't know. I, th- this will probably end up being a close game, but personally, I, I don't know that uh, the Titans will win. But uh, then again, what do I know? Um, anything could happen um, on a given week. So, um, so yeah, yeah, and I, I, yeah, and I, I think the um, I, I think the extra day will help too. I think you're talking about a team in the Titans that's a little banged up, and they've you look. No, nobody's going to admit that you rested. Julio Jones and Bud Dupree and maybe some guys against the Jets and the Jaguars that you wanted them back against the Bills. Nobody's going to admit that, but it's just kind of a kind of a reality of the league that you looked at the schedule, and, and it looks terrible to admit that now since you lost to the Jets. But um, <laughs> I, I think the uh, no, nah, I mean I think the tie, it's it's not hard to look at the schedule and see it's it's go time. For them now, you know, this is a three and two team. They haven't really proven a whole lot. That was a good win in Seattle, but the Seahawks are kind of, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they've even had, I was going to say, they've even had their own issues. They're not as good as everyone thought they'd be. So, and now without Russ, it could, in that division, could be a long year uh, for the Seahawks. But 
Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Ben Arthur, I'm Gentry Estes. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Talking Titans hosts at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean.